Welcome to our next episode on the TG podcast, Making Theatre. Today we have the writers and directors of our Fringe show, End of the Line. Do you want to give us a little hello and tell us your name, guys? Hi! <laughs> I'm Emily. I'm Ashwari. Amazing. So, for our viewers and listeners we can view Spotify podcasts. So why did you say that, Declan? Why, um, so, why do you tell us what End of the Line was about? Take you want to go, shall I? Yeah, you can go if you want. Um, so the End of the Line is about two strangers that meet on a train platform waiting for the last train home. Um, and it kind of explores the idea that it's easier to tell a stranger, like your hopes, your dreams, your fears, and like someone that you know, because kind of see you at this value for who you are, rather than like someone you pretend to be. Interesting. So, unfortunately, I didn't get to see it, which I'm gutted about, but hopefully we'll see it at some point soon. But that sounds like such a cool concept, and it does make you think, like just because you don't know someone, how much can you trust someone with something as well? Like, and how far can you go with telling them, like you said, like your ambitions, your issues and stuff like that. And I think that is a really interesting thing, especially in obviously the year that we've just had, we haven't had communication and we haven't had the chance to talk to random people. I think that's one thing that a lot of people miss, even if it's like, if you're in coffee shop and you're ordering your drink and it's like, ah. Oh, weather's good today something like that do you know what I mean like you're making them connections that you don't make with your friends because you might never see this person ever again and I think it's really I think it's really interesting thing to think about um so yeah what so what was it like like what was fringe like obviously because everyone describes it it's like this magical every theatre lover's place like what was it like especially like what was it like in Covid as well because obviously how much did that affect you with things um, I think it was really magical. I've never been before, so it was like a first-time experience for me, which I loved. But the only thing with COVID was obviously there were so many restrictions in place. For example, like we for the first week, we were the only ones on the Royal Mile, whereas usually it's like packed and you can't get a word in edgeways, <laughs> um, which it slowly did start picking up, and we did have a bit of competition and rivalry. <laughs> um, but like before then, it was just us and like, I think that's how we got most people to come to our show. Um, I think, like, Grace, who's our producer, said, like, we increased sales by 40% by just promoting it on the Royal Mile. Um, but, yeah, apart from that, I don't think COVID affected us too much, apart from, like, we were quite a small play, but we sold out quite a lot, which is would be really rare in terms of, like, an ordinary situation. But apart from that, I loved every second and I'm really glad we went when we did. <laughs> Honestly, so, so jealous. Like when you were posting <laughs> other things, I were like, I want to be there. And I'm currently in a basement in Bradford performing a show. It's like, ah, the differences. <laughs> but for me, I think it's a massive achievement to you lot. You absolutely smashed it as a cast, a crew, and you did Airborne the justice that I needed. And when I was speaking to Charles, because I've rebooked for Fringe next year, we've booked the slots in. Um, he was just saying how successful this times were. So 
yeah, so that's credit to you lot, and obviously representing us is amazing. So, what is, do you want to tell us a bit about the characters in it? Because I know we've got two main characters, a boy and a girl, and then there's a character that multi-roles. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the characters? Um, so we have Marley, who's like the female, um, played by Josie Francis, and Marley is like 1920, um, and she's like struggling with an eating disorder, and she's kind of seen all her friends like go off, see the world, um, go to uni, and she kind of feels like she's been stuck, left behind. Um, and so the play kind of explores her like identity aside from her eating disorder because I feel like in quite a lot of plays that tackle kind of mental health they really focus on the mental health issue as someone's identity and personality and although it's a big part of someone's life um, we kind of wanted to showcase that actually that's not what makes her her um, there's kind of so many different parts like her passions her interests like her future plans, like what she wants to do with her life. And the eating disorder is kind of just something that's like holding her back at this point in time kind of thing. Um, and then we have Tom. Ishwari, do you want to talk about yeah. Tom? Sure thing. Um, yeah, and then Tom is played by Will Chamberlain. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, sorry, I don't know why I'm smiling. Anyway, um, yeah, Tom is basically, he's just left uni. He's got his first job in London, which he thought would be like the dream because um, he's from a small little place in Cornwall and no one leaves that town. So he's like, almost like the star person to have left it. Um, but I think he soon realises that London isn't all that it's racked up to be. If you know, you know. <laughs> um, so I think like... Um, for him, it's like the struggle of living out his dream um, in a place that he thought was going to... I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, I, I think he thought it was going to be um, something that it's not, and he's really struggling with it, and he's um, trying to overcome his loneliness in a new city, and that's where he meets Marley, and that's where they start their conversation together on a train platform. And then we've got um, the lovely Serena, who multi-roles um and she's the one who like brings this whole narrative to life we go back and forth between the platform and the different parts of their life um and she plays an array of characters so yeah <laughs> that's so nice <laughs> um it was so obviously i think that's so nice to have that character which is like a multi-roller and it's obviously such a good opportunity for that actor to play different parts um so my next question is what's your favorite line from the show one sec i do i have it written down <laughs> <laughs> i have quite a lot of lines that like i really like well that sounds really big-headed doesn't it like the <laughs> lines that we wrote that i love i love my own play <laughs> <laughs> but like there are a couple of lines that when they're doing it on stage I'm like Ishwari we rate that like <laughs> um Ishwari what's your favorite line mine is one that Em wrote and it's at school they said it was a man's job so I automatically wanted to prove them wrong and I think in our day and age that is such a strong 
line like female empowerment you know I'm about that so <laughs> yeah two um, female writers two female directors female prod team yeah. we love it um I have like two yeah so one of them is um time is man-made we made it yet here we are at its mercy before I wrote that and I and I just like every time I hear it I'm like oh it's so profound <laughs> That is very rolls off your tongue like very beautifully, very poetic. That's the word. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then another one is there are nine million people in the city, their lives as complex as mine. Um, Because I think it just kind of like reminds you of just like how many, like, I think when you're kind of struggling and when you're stressed, you're so kind of like caught up in your own life. And then actually, when you step back from it, you like, it's mental to think that there are like so many people who are going through like the exact same thing as you. Well, not the exact same, but like kind of their lives are like so complex. Yeah. And it's crazy to think. It is. It's all that. It's that whole, um, is it called, is it Sonder approach? Is that right? Is that the thing? I think I maybe make I'm gonna have to say <laughs> start talking about this and it's wrong. I'm gonna look really embarrassing. Right. <laughs> yes and no, kind of what I was meaning. <laughs> um but yeah, it reminds me of um in my first year at uni, one of the performance projects was about like a bunch of people who, and it just looked at their lives and that it was like a microcosm, microcosm, wow, you might, let's go with that, microcosm <laughs> of like a wider societal picture. And it is interesting, like we can be on this call doing this interview now and what's happening somewhere else and somewhere else. There's a play called Chaos by Laura L- low mass and it's set in a train station which is actually really interesting as well um and basically it's all like these people's um knock-on effects so like this thing's happening in the train station but this is happening in this girl's bathroom this is happening at this and it all happens at the same time so like all the like the clocks are always at like 12 for example and it just gives you like a look into that whole thing like like I just said, we can be on this call, but you don't know what's happening to someone in a supermarket. You don't know what they're going through. And it is really interesting when you look at that because you become so fixated on your own life and your own path. But then when you actually take a minute to people watch, as we like to do, it's actually interesting to think about everyone's complexity in the world. (laughs) So my next question, which I asked, everybody who's been on the podcast so far is obviously what's the best thing you've seen since coming back from covid in the sense of like what's the best piece of theater you've seen and you can't say your own work (laughs) (laughs) right well in that case (laughs) um we saw i'm gonna get the name wrong it's from fringe um what is it Screen Nine, yeah, yeah. is that what it's called? Um, yeah, we saw a play called Screen Nine, which was absolutely incredible. Like one of the best things. I was sobbing. Ishwari was next to me, and like laughing at how much I was crying during it. Um, 
it's basically about the the Batman premiere shootings in America. Oh wow! Right? Yeah. Um, and that it was like really cool how they did it because they had like a popcorn machine so everyone could go and get popcorn. Um, and then like the actors sat in the like audience with these theater, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was so so well done. Um, and they did it in a really kind of like I don't it like in a really good way because they didn't focus on like making it really like scary and putting you in that situation they focused on the stories um which was so powerful um and how these people's lives had changed and it was based on like verbatim from like interviews and like I think like counseling sessions with the victims um, and it was just such a powerful piece of theatre. So, yeah, that's probably, like, that's the best thing that I've watched since COVID. What about you, Ashwari? I'd say, um, yeah, Screen 9 was amazing, and I definitely recommend it to everyone who gets the chance to see it. But for me, I think my favourite was 1902. <gasps> I think was it, was the, it was so good. I think it was the last thing we watched um, at Fringe. And I'd say that was my favourite. It was also immersive, but it was completely different to Screen 9. It was almost like, I'd say, like a comedy style. Like, I don't know why it was. It was like based on these um, boys' lives and they all are like into football. It's really hard to explain, but like, um, yeah, it's like these four boys from a small place in Scotland and they want to go see this match and like, it's basically about, yeah, I don't want to give any spoilers. That's why I'm like, try not to say anything and <laughs> say too much, you know, but it's so, so good. And I think they're um, performing in Birmingham like over the next month. So if anyone's local or fancy some good theatre, definitely go and watch that. <laughs> it was so good, but it was, oh my God, what's going on there? Um, <laughs> it was so good. It was happening. It was in like a kind of warehouse in Lee. Um, so Grace had like driven us and we were like, where are we? What have we got ourselves into? It like, was really cool, I thought. Like it was it like was. a small little pub thing. <laughs> but I was like, what like what is gonna happen? Driving up this venue and being like, oh my gosh, this is my next play in work. Yeah. <laughs> there was like a girl coughing behind us. <laughs> we all looked at each other, put our masks on, <laughs> like COVID, no, thank you. Oh. We've got a show left. Um <laughs> one left let's we need, we need to be there no yeah um but that it was just so good there was like live music um yeah it was amazing so my last question is you can say yes or no it's fine are we allowed to know a little bit about what if there's anything else happening with end of the line are you allowed to probe a little or, or is it top secret for a little bit longer I feel like we can give you like a sneak. Yeah, you can give a little. All I'm going to say is keep an eye on our socials. <laughs> right, the social media. Yeah. Please, you tease. I feel like this isn't the end of the line just yet. If, oh, you, know, well if you catch my drift. <laughs> Next stop. <laughs> no, amazing. So, yeah. Do you have any advice to people wanting to go to Fringe in acting or writing or 
any advice just for anyone who's never been to Fringe and wants to go? Like, what would you summarise your experience of Paz? It can be words, it can be a colour. It won't be a colour. <laughs> I found it really yellow. <laughs> yellow, I agree. It was the best experience. Would definitely recommend it to anyone. It is yeah. quite expensive. So, um, you know, like, I think you'll have to save up for it a bit. <laughs> Yeah. But definitely worth it. Um, but in terms of, because I've never acted, um, full stop. <laughs> so I wouldn't have like any tips for actors in that sense. But um, for writers, I think just write um, and start like promoting your play or, you know, like speak to um, open theatre or theatre group about your play and see what their thoughts are on it, if they can help. Because we had some um, guidance, like we just handed out our script and asked people to read it and then once we got some feedback we started tailoring it down to what we thought was going to be a successful play yeah um, but yeah just like believe in yourself and see where it takes yeah, you yeah no I agree like because kind of feedback um we kind of um like proposed as a bit of a whim like we kind of discussed it and we were like oh shall we do it like we kind of want to do it and now looking back I'm like can you imagine if we didn't like I just think if you have the opportunity just have to go like because we speak about it now we're like we literally had the best summer because of it and then in terms of writing I just say like write what you know I think it makes it so much easier like I wrote a lot of Marley's part using like verbatim that I wrote like during my eating disorder and so then that really helped me kind of create this narrative for her um because like not half the work was already done but I already kind of had stuff there mm -hmm. um and personal experience with it so I definitely think like writing what you what you know is a really like good way to kind of get into writing if you've never written before I agree. I agree with that. I think it's that whole thing like writing from the heart and writing from the truth. Like you don't have to make a story or a character an autobiographical version of you, but you our lives and everyone goes through different things. So you draw on the things that you've been through. Because if you didn't draw on that, and writers and filmmakers didn't draw on their own personal being, we would never have half the things produced today. Like at all so I think it is I think it's a credit to you and I think it's credit to tackle such interesting themes as well so hats off to you both with that and I think on behalf of Airborne and TG best of luck for whatever the next stop <laughs> train trip whatever we want to call this little experience but yeah thank you so much for coming on girls and like I said, wish you the best of luck and keep us updated with obviously anything and everyone follow End of the Line on Instagram. I'll tag it in the comments below. So thank you guys and just see you later.